know, I know we, uh, we introduced that song last week, and, and uh, it's a beautiful song, and, and I've had the fortune of, you know, being at each of our services and hearing you guys sing that, hearing you say, Jesus, I trust you, that you're not, never going to fail. And I know there might be some of you that still struggle with that. My prayer is that, that throughout the day and throughout your life, God will reveal himself to you, and that you'll be able to say, I trust in God, all right? Why don't you pray with me right now? Jesus, we come before you. We thank you for today. We thank you that we can cry out to you, that you invite our prayers. You invite our songs. You invite our communication to to commune with you, God. Thank you for, for allowing that. Thank you for making that possible where we can pray, where we can talk, where we can hear, where we can listen. Jesus, I pray in our midst that you would reveal yourself to us today. Lord, we love you. We thank you. In your name, amen. Amen. Well, Rock Church, how's everybody doing today? Are you guys good? Man, it's good to see you. I want to welcome everybody here at our Conway, Conway location. But I also know we got people joining in online or watching on demand. Will you, those of you in Conway do me a favor and welcome everybody to our online uh, environment. So thankful for you guys. And if you're new with us, my name's Josh. I'm one of the pastors and I'm fired up about today, okay? I just want you to know I love this time of year because fall is here. (sighs) Yeah, you with me, Caitlin? And I know some of you are like, Josh, have you stepped outside? Because it sure doesn't feel like fall out there. I, I know it doesn't feel like fall. I know it's a hot, you know, summer type feel of August here in Conway. Yet, it's that time of year because, you know, teachers went back to school this past week. Uh, our college students, I've seen more and more of our college students who attend Coastal, uh, who have shown up at our last service and at this service that, that I know our, our high school students, middle school, elementary, will be starting back to school in about a week. So fall is upon us. And, and as, a, as a pastor, I just want you to know that, that I spend my whole summer gearing up for the school year. That, that I go away, I do study breaks, I, I, I spend time uh, looking at what we need to be doing as a church so that comes the school year, the fall and the spring, that, that we can run in, our, in the direction that I feel God has for us. And, and I want you to know, I'm excited about where we're heading. I, I, I've, been, I've been waiting for over a month for this series to start. Because in this series, we're going to talk about how to be unleashed. Now, let's just talk about leashes for a second. That, that how many of you all have ever maybe, um, maybe put your dog on a leash like this? Anybody? Raise your hand if you've ever put a dog on a leash. Yeah, makes total sense, right? Like, like that's what we do, and a, a leash is good for a dog. This is actually my dog's leash. His name is Indy. His middle name is Appleus. You get where I'm at, right? You know, that, that, that's my dog. And, and this is his leash. And it would make sense I'd put a dog on a leash. The problem is, is not that you've put a dog on a leash, but you've put other things on leashes. Like, like some of you have put your cat on a leash. That's weird. 
I'm just going to let you know that's weird, okay? Like, it's one, it's weird that you have a cat, period. And then that you would put a cat on a leash. That, that doesn't make sense to me. But it's not just dogs and cats. I've seen ducks on leashes. That's weird. I've seen people put pigs on leashes. That's weird. On the dinner table, it's fine. But not on a leash, okay? You know what I'm saying? Or how about this? Some of you have put your child on a leash, right? Like some of you are like, I'll admit it. You were that parent that said, I'll never put my child on a leash. And then you had a child. And you're like, oh, my child's that child. And I'm gonna put my child on a leash, all right? And, and it's weird, right? I mean, I think it's just weird anytime that we would put like a human being in this type of situation, that's just weird. But then we gotta think about the leash because like this is an old school leash. You know, they make, they make leashes different these days. Like, like here's the next leash we got for our dog, Indy, right? You've seen these? These things are amazing, right? Retractable and all that. My favorite thing about this leash is when the dog starts running, all you got to do is hit the button. And as soon as you do, it's like, Arr! you know what I'm saying? I love it, right? It's a great leash. But then we upgraded in our house to one more. Oh, you ask what this is? This is a shock collar. And it is the perfect leash because what it does is these little metal prongs that if you get to the electric fence, they send out a shock. And, and I know some of you are like, Josh, that's sadistic. No, what's sadistic is I tried it out on my kids. Um, I'm not joking. <laughs> Because, you know, you wanted to see, like, you know, is it very strong? And, and obviously, as a dude, I was like, I, I got to know myself, right? So, you know, I held it and walked towards the fence. And, and sure enough, it'll zap you. And see, the way this works is there's, a, like, a, a little controller in my house, and it sends out a circle. It's like a Wi-Fi signal. And, and uh, when my dog gets close to that invisible fence, it beeps. And if he chooses to go further, then it, it zaps him, right? It, it shocks him a little bit. And, and, and I'll tell you, it works. Like this works so well that now when I put it on my dog, it doesn't matter if it's working or not. Like it could have a dead battery. Uh, the Wi-Fi unit could be unplugged. The minute this goes on to Indy and he hears that click, then he knows I'm contained. Because it has trained him to be domesticated. It has trained him to be tamed. tamed. It has trained him to be controlled. It has tamed him to be leashed. And for a dog, that's fine. The problem is we do it to ourselves. And worse than that... I believe many of us do this to God. I think many of us try to tame the Holy Spirit and we put a leash on the Holy Spirit. And a leash on an animal, no problem. A leash on a human can be weird. A leash on God makes no sense at all. So what I want to challenge us to do as a church is to unleash 
the Holy Spirit. To unleash God and to allow God to be God and then for us to tether ourselves to him and to live in his wake. Because when you do, life is exhilarating. When when you unleash the Holy Spirit, God is an amazing ride. Yet, when we try to control him, you'll find that faith is, well, it's pretty mundane It's pretty boring, and it'll be something that you're like, eh. But if you'll unleash the power of the Holy Spirit, it'll change your life. And we know that because we see it in Scripture. That all you have to do is go to the book of Acts. And the book of Acts is a book in the New Testament. It was written by a guy named Luke. And we're going to spend the next 10 weeks looking at the book of Acts. Now, in this series, we're going to do it for four weeks, and we're going to do it specifically um, so that we can see the Holy Spirit unleashed. I want us to see it like we see in Acts. I want us to see a church being born, people being saved, people being healed, that, that governments were changed, that the world was turned upside down because some disciples agreed with Jesus and said, let the Holy Spirit un- be unleashed. How did they do it, though? Like, like, how do we allow the Holy Spirit to be unleashed in our life? The answer you might find a little ironic. For some of you, you might find the answer a little boring. You want to see the Holy Spirit unleashed in your life? Do it through an act of prayer. That that if we want the Holy Spirit to be unleashed, the power of the Holy Spirit unleashed in our lives and in the world, we do it through prayer. And I know when you hear the word prayer, you're like, well, that that wasn't really what I expected. Like I expected this high energy talk about unleashing the power of the Holy Spirit. And then you hear the word prayer, you're like, prayer? Like isn't prayer like I fold my hands, I bow my head, I close my eyes? Well, that's an aspect of prayer. It's a good aspect of prayer. But that is not prayer in its totality. That prayer is relationally connecting with God. Like that's how I want you to define prayer in your life from from now on. That when I pray, I relationally connect with God. And when I relationally connect with God and I allow his way in my life, things change. And I want to see that in your life. I want to see that in our church's life. I want to see that in my life. I want to see that in our community. So for four weeks, we're just going to talk about prayer. We're going to answer questions about prayer. We're going to deal with problems of prayer, about when our prayers don't get answered, and we're going to unleash the power. But, but how do we do that? Well, today we start with this idea. We've got to make prayer a priority. That we have to make a decision that says connecting relationally with God is going to be a priority in my life. And my fear is, is that's just not what our priorities are. I think oftentimes our priority is school or work or money or friends or family. And those are all good things. They're great things, honestly. Yet... They shouldn't take priority in our life over God. 
What should come first is Jesus. So how do we do that? If we're going to pray, if we're going to connect with God relationally, how do we do that? Well, I'm going to give you three, three ways today. Three simple things. If you're a note taker, pull out your phone, get your notepad, take some notes. It's going to be real simple. The first one, like, like you're going to be like, okay, should have saw that one coming, right? Because if you want to make God a priority, if you want to make prayer a priority, the very first thing we have to do is pray first. Like if you want prayer to be a priority, then you have to pray first. Now that's not rocket science. Because priority means that which comes prior. So if prayer is going to be my priority, prayer has to come prior to everything else in our life, which means the first thing we should do in the morning is pray. Right? It's that simple. And I believe we all do. I just don't know who it is we're praying to. Like, I think, I think all of us probably pray in the morning. We pray first thing. It's just which God are we praying to? And if I could be a little facetious with a little bit of truth mixed in, I think most of us pray to our phone in the morning. I think the first thing we do when we wake up is we reach over and we grab the phone and we take a look at it. And we look at Facebook, we look at Instagram, we look at TikTok, we look at YouTube, we, we, we look at, at these other things to connect with. And so in reality, we are much better at praying to TikTok and Instagram and YouTube rather than the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And what would it look like if our priorities changed and we started connecting with God first thing in the morning and made that our priority like the disciples. Look, look at this scripture. It's Acts chapter 1. It shows the priority of prayer and how the, the disciples prayed first. See, what had happened is Jesus had died on the cross. He had rose from the dead. He was getting ready to ascend to heaven. And he said, guys, I'm leaving, but you go and wait on me and the power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you'll be my witnesses throughout all the world. So they left and they went, and this is where it picks up. It says, when they arrived, they went upstairs to the upstairs room of the house where they were staying. They all met together and were constantly united in prayer. Along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, uh, several other women, and the brothers of Jesus. That the disciples, the early disciples, they were constantly united in prayer. They prayed first. That, that Acts chapter 2 verse 42 says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. That in, in Acts chapter 6, there was an issue going on with some widows in the church. So the apostles said this. They said, and so brothers, select seven men who are well respected and are full of the spirit and wisdom. We will give them this responsibility. Then the apostles can spend our time in prayer and teaching of the word. That the apostles understood the most important thing they can do is pray first. So I want to challenge us to do the same. Wake up in the morning and pray 
first. Before you go and do anything else, spend time with God. And I know you might say, I'm not a morning person. Tough. Get over it. Maybe I can say that a little bit softer. Tough. Get over it. Then if Jesus is able to spend all night praying and go to a cross for us, I think we can get our sorry butts out of bed and spend some time praying. That's what I think. Even if you're not a morning person. Because here's what I think. If we're not willing to give God the first five minutes, we probably won't give him any five minutes. So give God the beginning of your day. Well, how do I do that? Find a place and follow a plan. If I'm going to pray first, find a place, follow a plan. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 6, Jesus said, go into your prayer closet. I would encourage you, find a place that you can pray, that you can pray. And for everybody, that might be a little bit different. All right, that, that might be your closet, your literal, literal closet. It might be the bathroom because that's the only place you can get peace and quiet. It might be the kitchen table. It might be your truck as you're driving to work. It might be sitting in the parking lot before you go into school saying, I'm going to get to school 15 minutes early every day this year, and I'm going to spend the 15, first 15 minutes praying before I do anything else with my day. For me, it's my deck that I love to just go sit out on my deck. If it's bad weather in the morning, then I, then I have a chair uh, just next to our kitchen. And you'll find me every morning in one of those two places because it's my place of prayer. So much so, just like my dog knows when he puts this on that he is controlled, I know when I go to that place in the morning, I'm going to meet with God. So I have a place and then I have a plan. I just don't go to that chair and sit there and go, well, what am I going to do today? No, I have a plan that I follow. And there's all kinds of different plans that people will use for prayer. Some people will pray through the Lord's Prayer. It's a great idea. Some people will pray through what's called a tabernacle prayer. It's great. Some people will use uh, what we learn at Pathway of starting your, or saying your prayers with three words. Thanks. Sorry, please. It's a great process. It's a great plan. Thanks, God, for all that you've done and thank him for whatever comes to your mind. Sorry, God, for what I've done because I know I'm a sinner and, and I've messed up in this way, this way, and this way. Please, God, move in this person's life, in my life, in that person's life, in this situation. That, that, that's a process. That's a plan. Uh, another plan that I'll give you, and this is one we're going to talk about today and next week, is I want you to pray God's word. One of the best things you can do is pray God's word. Because when we pray God's word, we are talking to God as he is talking to us. And, and, and here's what I mean by pray God's word. Is open up God's word and read it. Now when I say read it, I don't mean try to read and read and read and read. I mean take a section and read a section and then pray through it. For me, what I do every day is I, I open up God's Word, and, and I read digitally, so this is my Bible, and, and I open it up, and I read it, and then I take one or two verses that stuck out to me, and I plant them in my journal. 
All right, so this is literally a picture of my journal. Now, I'm not worried about showing it to you because you can't read my writing, <laughs> right? Like, that's my prayer language. Me and God, we have a language that only he and I understand, and there it is, okay? Um, but, but here's what that, that is. In the upper right corner, that's the verse I connected with. So this one over on this side, Isaiah 52. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the messenger who brings good news. The good news of peace and salvation. The news that the God of Israel reigns. Well, that day, that, that verse stuck out to me. So, so if you could read my writing, you'll see it's broken into three categories. I start praying about peace. I start praying, God, that, that I will make your peace known, that, God, you will move in this situation. And I literally write out my prayers. I don't write every word. I write just enough to keep me on track where I know where I'm going with God, all right? And, and then I, go in, I went into salvation, and the last paragraph was rain. Uh, the, the other one on this side, that's Isaiah 16. And when I was praying that one, the verse that stuck out to me is it says, he will always do what is just and be eager to do what is right. So I started praying with those words in mind that, that with mercy and truth and justice, he'll do what's right. And then I made a prayer list of people and I started praying those words over those individuals. That what I'm doing is I'm letting God speak through his word and then I am praying his word back to him. That is a process that I want to encourage you to adapt into your life. Pray first. If prayer is going to be a priority, then I need to pray first. But then I also need to pray freely. You see, praying first is, this is how I start my day. Praying freely means that all throughout my day, I pray. That I'm constantly looking for opportunities to connect with Jesus about what might be going on in my life. Uh, Peter and John were a perfect illustration of this. It's in Acts chapter 3. They were heading to the temple at the time of prayer. That would be what you call kind of a pray first moment, that, that they were going there, they had a place, they had a plan that they were going to follow. Yet as they were going, they saw a, a guy whose legs didn't work. He was lame. And, and when they saw it, they prayed over him in the name of Jesus, be healed. It was as they were going, they were freely praying. And that's what I want to encourage you in your life. That if you want to see God be unleashed, if you want the Holy Spirit to move in your life, then just start praying freely as you go throughout your day. We see a lot of scriptures about this. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray continually. Or it'll say pray without ceasing. Philippians 4.6 says, pray about everything. Colossians 4.2 says, Prayer by being, uh, pray by being alert and devoted. That, that uh, Ephesians 6.18 says, pray in the spirit at all times. That I should constantly have an attitude of prayer as I go throughout my day. When I'm dropping kids off at school, when I hear something in the news, when I see somebody and it reminds me of something, that when I see an ambulance driving down the road, that when somebody's name comes to my mind or to my heart, that I should just take that to God. I, I do that often while I'm driving. 
often while I'm driving. For me, I live about 15 minutes away from, from, from this campus. So, so on my way in in the morning, on my way home, oftentimes I pray. And, and people will come to my mind. And when they come to my mind, I will just pray for them in that moment. And oftentimes I'll, I'll send a text. I'll send a text to that person. And, and I do that while I'm driving, not by picking up my phone and hitting the digits, but by talking to Siri, okay? So I'm being safe when I do it. But, but, but I'll say something uh, to that individual. Like one day, I remember as I was driving, a guy named Daryl Graham came to my mind. Uh, Daryl is, is a good friend of mine, and, and uh, he just came to my mind. So I sent him a text and just said, hey, Daryl, uh, just want you to know I'm praying for you and for your family today. And I just, I want to pray over you. And if there's anything specific you'd like me to pray about, then just let me know. And I didn't send that with, a, with, an, with an agenda. I didn't have anything in my mind. I'll let you know at that point in Daryl's life, he and his family hadn't been to church for quite a while. I didn't send it to him going, well, I hope that he'll get this and come back to church on Sunday. No, I sent it because he came to my heart. And I wanted to encourage him and just let him know I was praying for him. Well, he ended up sending me a text back. He goes, wow, that's perfect timing. Thank you for your prayers. Keep, please keep my family in prayer. No problem, brother, on it. Uh, the next Sunday, I actually saw him at church, and his wife came up to me and said, Josh, I don't think you understand what that meant when we got that text. A few months later, I'm talking to their daughter, Jackie Lee, who Jackie Lee now serves on our staff as one of our residents and works with the little kids. So if you've got a, a kindergartner down, she's oftentimes working with, with your child or grandchild. And she told me later, she said, Josh, here's the story. You don't know what you did that day, but, but I was going through a dark season. Like I believed in Jesus, but I wasn't walking with Jesus. And my family and I, were, we were really struggling at that time. And that night, my dad got us all together and said, we haven't been making Jesus the priority in our home and in our lives, and that ends today. And from that day moving forward, they have been making Jesus a priority, and God has been moving inside of their family. It's been awesome to watch. I asked Jackie Lee if I could share that. She said, of course. I share it for this reason. It's not about what I did with a text. It's about you never know how God is going to move in a situation. So when somebody comes into your heart, when somebody comes across your mind, pray. I didn't stop driving. I didn't fold my hands and close my eyes, obviously. I just kept driving and I just prayed for them. You never know what God is up to. You never know. One of the young adults in our church was, caught me in the lobby after our earlier service, and, and uh, he works in the medical field, and he said, Josh, you, you know, you're talking about prayer and praying freely. He goes, just this week, I was having a bad day, and I was kind of praying, like, God, why am I doing this? Am, am I making a difference at all? He said about an hour later, a guy who a year earlier had overdosed came into where I work. And he came in just to say thanks. And he said, I know you don't know me. You probably don't remember me. But a year ago, you guys saved my life. And I just want you to know I appreciate all that you've done. Now, I want you to think about this. An hour earlier, this young man was praying, am I making a difference at all with my life? 
And then an hour later, God reveals some, a, a way that he's making a difference. That's not coincidence, y'all. That is God answering a prayer of somebody who was just praying freely. When we pray freely, God moves. Let me give you one more thing. Pray fervently. That if you want prayer to be a priority in your life, pray first, pray freely, but then pray fervently. Like, like make a decision to say, I am going to connect with God. I am going to have my faith on fire. I love the definition of fervor. It means white, hot, glow, or passion. Is that how you could describe your faith right now? Can you describe your faith as a white, hot passion for Jesus Christ? And if you can't, well, then maybe the answer is to start praying fervently, to start really just longing to connect with God and see what he does in your life. And one way to, to help that is start fasting. Now, I know that might sound weird for some of you. Like, I don't even know what you mean, fast. Like, you mean like intermittent fasting? Kind of. But not for your health, for your spiritual walk. You see, like most of us, like we're like, I'm not fasting unless my doctor tells me I have to. Well, your doctor told you you have to. See, Jesus is the great physician. And as the great physician, he said it to us. He didn't say, if you fast. He said, when you fast. So Jesus expects us to fast. And, and I honestly think this, that one of the, the issues that we have as a modern church if we, is we've lost the art and the discipline of fasting. See, what fasting is, it's, it's a denial of self. When you fast, you're literally saying, I'm going to go without food this morning, or I'm going to go without food today, or I'm going to go without food for three days. And when I say I'm going to go without food, what I'm doing is I'm saying I'm denying myself of food so that I can spend time with Jesus. And I know many of you be like, man, that sounds crazy. Like, like you don't understand how hangry I get. You're probably right. But imagine what would happen if you said, I need Jesus more than I need that sandwich. I need Jesus more than I need that meal. And I think if we would just start instituting the fast again in our life, we might actually see our fervor for Jesus increase. And, and I believe this so much that I'm going to challenge our church to pray and fast. In the month of September, we're actually going to do a thing as a church that, that we're, going to, we're going to take the whole month and do 24 hours a day, seven days a week for the whole month of prayer. That, that I'm going to invite everybody to, to join in and we're going to encourage you to sign up to, to take a time slot so that 24 hours a day, every day, every minute for a whole month, there are people from our church praying and fasting for ourselves, for our church, for churches of this community and for the community as a whole. Which means somebody at two o'clock in the morning is going to have to be praying. And you might go, oh, no problem. I work the night shift. Good for you. You can sign up for that time. 
But there's also people who are going to have to wake up at 2.30 in the morning and say, I got that 30 minutes covered because of the value of it. And inside of that month, we're going to have a couple days that we encourage the church just to fast. Just to fast for our people. To fast for those who don't know the Lord. To fast for those at school. For, to fast for our first responders. For fa- to fast for a movement of God in this community and in this world. And I believe We're going to come away from that prayer and fasting. And I believe we're going to be a church that is on fire, that has fervor, that has a white hot glow for Jesus Christ. And what we're going to do is unleash the power of the Holy Spirit. Because this is no way to live inside of a relationship with Jesus. Yet many of us, it's exactly what we've done. Rather than leash the power of the Holy Spirit, rather than leash yourself to a mundane faith, what would it look like over the next month if we said, I'm going to unleash the power of the Holy Spirit in my life and in, in this world by praying? And we can do that today. We can start that right now. You you can pray maybe for the first time ever in your life because maybe you're here and you have no faith background at all, but you're like, man, I want this. I, I don't want a mundane life. I don't want a mundane faith. I want a relationship with Jesus that is on fire. And if you want that maybe for the first time ever in your life, pray and say, Jesus, will you forgive me? Jesus, I surrender my life to you right now. And if you'd like to pray with somebody about that, I know I'll be standing right there in that connect corner. We'll have some prayer counselors there. We would love to pray with you about that. But not just for those of you on the first time, what would it look like if our whole church said, we're making prayer a priority right now? So do me a favor. Let's go ahead and stand up. And let's go into a time of prayer, which means we sing because that is communicating with God. We're going to talk because that is communicating with God. We're going to take communion as a way of communicating with God. That we're going to have an opportunity to commune with God right now, with Jesus. Let's pray. Let's make it a priority. Jesus, we come before you. Saying that we want you to be our priority. We want you to come first in our life. And we declare that right now. First thing, we're just connecting with you, Jesus. Jesus, we also pray that you would move freely in our lives and that we would freely connect with you throughout our days, throughout our weeks. Jesus, we want a white, hot passion for you. A faith that is fervent. So we give it all to you right now. We pour it all out on your feet right now, Jesus. Declaring you as our priority. In your name. Amen. Let's go before him.